welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. All right. Welcome to the Built on Air podcast. This is season 10, episode three. Good to be with you live this Tuesday morning. We've got our familiar faces with us, myself, Dan Fellers. We have Ali with us there in the middle. And joining us, uh, Remote Camille will be with us live in a few minutes. She's with us uh, on voice for now. And we have a new face with us, Cole. Welcome, Cole. Glad you could uh, be with us. And we'll get to know Cole a little bit later in a, in a future segment. So he's coming to us from uh, Chicago. So we are good to be um, back with you again. And hopefully this week, uh, my technical difficulties will not revisit. I rebooted my computer. I figured out it was a Chrome extension causing all sorts of havoc on my on my browser, making it super slow and go crazy. So I shut that off. So hopefully uh, we don't have those issues. And hopefully we don't have dead silence on today's call like we did last time, if you remember. If not, check out last week's episode. We had some breaking news that we'll talk a little bit more about today. So today was a, uh, or this week was uh, eventful. We'll, we'll get into kind of what's been going on in the um, Airtable community and changes and things like that um, in just a little bit, but I'll go through what we're going to talk about today. So as always, it's a variety show where we do different segments and um, we always start off with round the bases where we talk about what's going on in the Airtable community. Then we'll do a spotlight on our primary sponsor, On to Air. Then we'll meet Cole and get to know his background and what he's up to as an expert in the Airtable community. And Cole will then walk through how to use interfaces to manage your, your content. And then another spotlight on On to Air. And then we'll wrap up. Camille will go through a community question uh, posed and how you solve that. So with that, we will begin with our round the bases going about what's going on in the community. So I'm going to jump. We'll, we'll revisit this. I want, I want to make sure Camille's with us to hear her input on the big uh, breaking news from Airtable. So we'll get back to the, the big topic in a bit. But other news going on. I just got an email this morning talking about uh, Softer. 
that I think we'll talk a little bit about. I think Cole is familiar with this. They just announced another fundraise, $13.5 million for Softer. So that was uh, pretty interesting news. There's a lot of money out there. Airtable's obviously raised a ton of money. Softer, Stacker, there's a lot of money going into the ecosystem around um, Airtable. And so it'll be interesting to see what, what Softer does with it. Any thoughts on this big fundraise from Softer? I'm just hearing about this for the first time, actually. Yeah, I just got the email right before the show started. Um, they're saying it's a Series A. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I guess they raised. They raised. I know they've raised millions prior to this. Um, and uh, but they did announce basically, kind of talking about their future of what they see. They definitely see themselves expanding beyond um, the Airtable community and supporting other platforms. I think even building their own backend um, tool to where you're not dependent. So it'll be interesting to see how they they grow and expand. But um, uh, so I've only similar played... to Stacker, I guess. Say that again, Camille. Similar to Stacker, I guess. I think they were also moving toward. Um, having their own data source, or I might be thinking of Bubble. Bubble has its own data source, but you can import no, from Stacker other places. Well. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Stacker lets you import from lots of different tools, including Google Sheets, I believe, Salesforce, um, but they are about to be launching their own backend data source as well. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting stuff going on there. Um, we'll see how that plays out. So the next one actually also from Softer, I thought this is worth pointing out. If by any chance you need to know about alternatives to Airtable, it's always good to know what else is out there. Always, um, and I think competition is great. I think it makes Airtable better knowing that there's other people uh, coming into their space. Um, so this is an article from Softer talking about alternatives to Airtable. Um, there's actually more that I could probably name, um, not on this list, but um, yeah, they actually don't have like spreadsheet.com, which is a new one that, that's, that's out there. Mm -hmm. um, I like that they put Excel because that that is an alternative to uh, Airtable that lots of companies still use. <laughs> what other alternatives are out there that you're aware of? I've seen Rose. No low code. No low code. Yeah, Rose, Rose. Yeah, it's no low yeah. code. C table and the various four names of the world table. Yeah, yeah. C table. I've seen. Um, yeah, there's some open source ones. It looks like they don't list open source ones, um, but there's quite a few open source ones as well. Very good. So that's uh, from Softer. Let's move on. Um, I always like, I always am checking out kind of Twitter, see what people are talking about in regards to Airtable. And somebody asked like, who's building a personal CRM? And um, I've heard I've heard uh, this guy's story before, but he's a venture capitalist and he's all in on Airtable. Actually, I think I reached out to him once a year or so ago and and had an email conversation with him. Um, 
but he uh there's an article unfortunately it's behind a paywall to see the full article but it goes into how um how he uses Airtable, and i i, I might sign up just to read the rest of it but if anybody's read this article i think he goes through like a full um obsession that he has with Airtable and how he uses it as a as a personal crm and um so interesting article there of somebody in the real world using Airtable to improve their improve their uh business life and personal life and and um yeah i've seen i i think i've seen screenshots of of his in the past that um, shows some of his bases. So he's kind of in that um, same uh, mindset as uh, Chris um, Dancy. Uh, Dancy, yeah. Dancy, yeah, yeah. And uh, if you've seen his stuff as well, kind of similar, goes all out and managing his life in Airtable, so. I know, I thought of him the other day cause I, I was like going through and filing away like like little product booklets, you know, like when you order something online and it comes with the like instruction manual, I have everything filed away in like a big actual file cabinet. And I knew I was, I thought about, I was like, if this were Chris Dancy, he would just have this up on an air table screen in his apartment and he could look up anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I, if I had the time I would do that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's what we'll talk about that. But I've been thinking about like Chris, like, with the app limits that, that are being introduced with the pricing changes, like there's no more Chris Dancy's coming into Airtable because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he has a few more than 10 apps in his bases. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, but we'll talk about an automation that. limit too. Uh, there are, there's always been automation. Um, you can only have 25 and then uh, 50,000 runs a month. And uh, yeah, there's no, there's no way to extend that. You know, do you guys know, uh, not to derail or anything, but when they say a run, like 50,000 runs, is that the actual full run of each step or does each step count towards that 50,000? It's the full run. Okay, yeah. cool. That, that's my understanding. I'm pretty sure. I don't that's know if anybody thought. listening, we've got uh, a few of our friends here with us. Need to. I haven't been recognizing them, but welcome, Scott, Jen, Justin, Justin. Yep. So welcome, everyone. I don't know if anybody knows that, but I'm pretty sure it's fifty thousand runs um, has been my experience. So, um, yeah, actually, I, sh I probably should have mentioned this. Another big news. Um, I heard people. So there's been a beta that I've had beta access to the conditional um, uh, logic within your automations. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and Jen confirms it's uh, runs. Um, and so so they now, and we've talked about this in previous episodes of the show of um, being able to set up branches where you can do different sets of um, runs based off of some conditional value similar to like a, a formula um and uh and so that's been in beta it looks like i've heard some people are starting to get it as much as as soon as yesterday so it looks like they're starting to roll it out um it's probably not out to everyone yet um but that's pretty cool that's a useful 
um, thing and automations. If you if you're familiar with Zapier and Tegramat, it's pretty standard approach and automations to be able to branch off and go into. So maybe maybe in a week or two we'll we'll highlight that for people so that they're familiar with it. Jen says she has it now. So and welcome Rebecca as well to the show. So good to have everybody with us. Still waiting on Camille. I think she's getting close to her office. I think I have one more um, before we'll dive into the, the meteor stuff. I am in, so I'm in the yeah. building. I am okay. in the garage. All right. All right. We're getting close. Um, one more. We've got uh, on Reddit. I got like super excited. I saw somebody post this comments on steroids and I saw this screenshot and I was like, oh, that is awesome. The ability, um, an app that basically deep dives into um, comments and allows you to create, like, manage all your comments and treat comments more like, um, you know, more power user for comments. Unfortunately, there's nothing built yet. This is like a, just a proposal of a developer that's trying to gauge um, interest. But I think it would be cool to have something like this. I've actually had the idea of, of um, building something like this. Uh, it's not on our roadmap right now, but I think there is there is potential for this. So absolutely. There's I, I love and like one of the best things I think about the interface designer is the ability to grab just the comments and put them on the screen and have and like isolate just those and it doesn't get lost in your revision history. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's 100% there yet. Like, for example, when somebody does that in the interface and you get an email, it, when you click it, it brings you right to the record, not to the interface. So, mm. like, there's little things about it that I think would be really cool to tie together and make way more powerful, for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. So that was a cool little... Um, so I need to respond to him on, on uh, Reddit, let him know whoever's behind this. I don't know who's behind it, but... I think there is an opportunity to to improve upon um, commenting in that regard. So cool. Well, with that, let's jump on one more final news. So last week um, it was announced. We actually found it. Um, there was a support document posted about a pricing change that that's a resource page right here. If I click on this. Um, talking about the updates to Airtable's plan. So we all kind of learned about this in real time on last week's episode. So if you want to see some good reaction video of, of draw jaw dropping uh, response to this, check out last week's episode. We've had a week to, to stew on it. Um, I don't know if we're in a better place or not, but as of now, this is still going forward. Um, there is a table talk, and that's what this this thread is about. Um, announcing the the table talk show um, that will be this Thursday. At what time is table talk at? Get cook on it. I want to say. Um, Eleven a.m. my time. So that's that's uh one o'clock Eastern looks like. So Thursday, check out Table Talk will be definitely interesting. I think um, this this change impacts, you know, the big thing is, is if you already have, um, if you already have the pro plan, um, 
you know, it won't change anything on your plan. This only impacts new customers coming in. Um, so I guess if you're already a customer at the tier that you're happy with, and this may not impact you, it does impact um, consultants like myself, app developers, um, and, uh, and, and, and future users of Airtable. So if you want a good read, go through this thread. There's all sorts of um, great response on really just kind of summarizing or, you know, I think, I think it's good that, that Airtable hears from their customers and gets feedback. Um, I don't know how much feedback they got in, in making this decision. I'm sure they reached out to people. It seems like they definitely, so they actually improve things for especially the uh, plus tier. So the plus tier actually now can use apps. So that's a big win if you're on the plus tier. Um, most people weren't because of the fact that you couldn't use apps and other things. Um, it, it helps and hurts the free plan. So the free plan can now use one app. Oh, let's get Camille in here. <clears throat> and, um, and um, but the pro plan and if you're on the enterprise plan or willing to go to the enterprise plan, I think it doesn't really impact the enterprise plan. But at the pro plan, it definitely has an impact and it definitely has long term um, ramifications about that. So, yeah, so this thread is a good summary of um, the frustrations of, of community members and whatnot. So if you're here, you're just hearing this for the first time. I definitely think it's worth reading through this list, joining the, the Thursday call. I think they take questions on the um, table talk. You can submit questions. And I imagine there will be lots of questions around this. So it will be interesting to see how they address um, these changes. And, and I hope that they reconsider or I hope that there's more information out there that we just haven't you know, received yet. Um, but yeah, this last week, I know I've lost some a little bit of sleep over this. <laughs> I'm sure others here have as well. Any any additional thoughts after a week of pondering on this? So I'm actually the first reply in this thread, and yeah. I believe I use the word indefensible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I say yeah. it's both indefensible and disrespectful. Uh, my opinion is unchanged. Uh, yeah. I have very choice words about this these changes and the manner in which they were changed uh and, and after thursday i perhaps might get a different perspective once they explain during the table talk but my official very public opinion is that it's both indefensible and disrespectful <laughs> yeah ali any other thoughts there I'm just trying to stay positive. <laughs> um, I, I do have big hopes that maybe they're hopefully trying to make room for bigger, better features, but we'll see. Yeah. Scott chimes in. Scott's been pretty quiet on this topic, I think, hasn't he? <laughs> he's, he's in here. He's in this thread. No, no, I know. I'm saying it in, in this thread, yeah. If you want to hear Scott's opinion, he's definitely uh, voiced it. I'm just messing with Scott. Um, 
But yeah, I think somebody actually, I, I mentioned this in like the built on air community and, and let the built on air community know about this. And somebody replied and said, uh, you know, I don't know what the fuss is about. It, they're just limiting, you know, the apps. And so my response to that kind of, if I could summarize why I think this is a poor decision is it really cuts off innovation for um, people, you know, like the Chris Dancy's of the world that they're not, they're not even going to try Airtable if they know that they're never going to be an enterprise customer, which most customers are not enterprise customers as far as quantity. Maybe their revenue comes primarily from enterprise, but number of customers is, is definitely not enterprise. Um, and, and so most companies know that they're not, they have no intentions to being an enterprise customer. So when they look at the pricing sheet, they're not going to consider jumping to enterprise. If they see very low limits at the highest paid tier, you know, listed price tier, um, they're just going to say, this isn't even worth spending my time to learn. And with the 10 app limit, um, that's really not, and it's 10 installs per base, not 10 different apps. You know, you can't you if you install 10 charts, that's your limit. That's your max that you can do. So, um, yeah. I, um, I, I will elaborate briefly on why yeah. I, I use the term disrespectful. So there are 87 apps in the marketplace uh, today. 43 of them are by Airtable. 44 of them are by third-party developers like Dan and myself. We were not told ahead of time that this new limit was being placed. And for a refresher, there previously was no limit on apps for pro plans. So you are now asking people to pay for a service where an arbitrary limit was placed. It's not for performance. I wholeheartedly disagree if that's going to be their reasoning. If it were performance, it would have been 10 apps per dashboard because apps are not loaded when the dashboard is not visible. That isn't the limit. It's 10 app installations per base, which is strange. 10 is too small a number, I feel. If you wanted to have one chart or one app summarizing each month of the year, you couldn't do it. You'd get to November and then cry. Um, but furthermore, why it's disrespectful is most of the apps for Airtable were made by people who are not Airtable. Um, we're given no uh, forewarning of this change that the limit would be placed for every plan now except for enterprise and um, it affects the way that we make apps. Uh, people like myself have chosen a subscription model. You have a much less steady stream of customers coming to you because now they have to consider, well, is it worth signing up for this subscription because I can only get 10? Well, other developers, um, I believe Kavan has chosen a model where you purchase a license for an app and it's good for that base. Well, if people are now going to be forced to split their records amongst multiple bases to get around this 10 app limit, that means you have to buy more licenses from Kavan's method. And I don't want to speak on her behalf, but I'm just, you know, demonstrating the two different pricing strategies currently in the marketplace. And without telling us ahead of time, it affects how we actually a price our products, how we offer our products and um, design our products as well. Another developer in this thread pointed out that it uh, incentivizes all in one apps um, instead of 
petite little uh, efficient apps that do one thing very well, you're incentivizing one app that does a great many number of things all in one app so that you don't eat up the 10 limit. So um, that is an elaboration of why the word disrespectful is thrown around by me specifically about this change. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, definitely lots of opinions. You know, I've kind of had the roller coaster. I mentioned, you know, I've got a lot riding on on Airtable success. My success is hitched to their success. And um, at this point, not feeling the love from Airtable. I hope that something changes or I hope that more information is brought to light to to improve the situation. But as of now, it's it's definitely disheartening. So we shall see, but I'm holding out hope <laughs> for for the time being until we hear, you know, from their from their messaging on Thursday's show, uh, table talk, and see what they have to say about it. All right, so that kind of is a summary of what's going on. Um, we'll do a recap next week of table talk and and kind of what they share with the community and. Hopefully there's some good news coming our way um, uh, on that front. So with that, that will wrap up our, uh, our round the bases. Um, let's do a quick spotlight on onto air onto air. Like I said, I have a lot invested a lot of that. I've got a lot invested in this product, which is a all in one toolkit to run your business on Airtable. It's a suite of apps that run either inside of Airtable or outside to do a variety of different tasks that I want to highlight. Um, I didn't get a chance last time because of technical difficulties, but I want to highlight um, two of our editors. I'll do in this episode, our first one. Um, so we have a product called Amplify that you can find in the marketplace. I would be so honored to be one of your 10 if you were choosing to install it. <laughs> that would be a great honor to, to make the top 10 list. Um, but we have, it's basically a bunch of editors that you can use to interact with your data. And one of the editors that I'm gonna highlight is our markdown editor. So this is similar to if you're using the rich text um, editor that is that is called a language called Markdown that allows you to stylize your, your data. Um, so we created a, a better interface for interacting with your Markdown data. So you simply uh, install this, this block into your Amplify view and you just configure it and choose which um, note field or which, which rich text field that you're gonna be editing. And there's other settings. Um, there's different layouts that you can use for interacting with the data and then just hit done. And then now you have an interface to interact with your Markdown editor. You've got the toolbar to perform the styling. And let me scroll down here a little bit. Um, and then you can also see both views of it. So you can be in, um, let me go full screen here to, is better go full screen and now you can um you can you can edit in if you like to write in markdown which maybe more technical people prefer the actual syntax of markdown or and then you can preview preview it um or you can write in 
actual kind of more the the UI that's similar to what Airtable has as well. And so it has all the buttons and everything you need to stylize your, your rich text markdown, a bigger interface. You can go full screen and interact with your markdown data. So great way to um, great way to augment your data and use this as a way to better um, update your, your rich text editor field. So check out um, Amplify from the marketplace. You can click on add an app, search for Amplify install it and you are good to go with this and many more um, many more blocks that you can install and use inside of your Amplify app. <clears throat> so with that, now let's uh, meet our experts. We've got Cole Fortman coming to us from Chicago. Welcome, Cole. Good to have you on the show. We'd love to hear kind of your backstory. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're up to, how you found Airtable. Just kind of walk us through your story. Yeah, uh, kind of probably similar to a lot of people's stories. Uh, I started freelancing in 2016 when I moved out of my parents' house, uh, moved to Chicago. And at first I was doing videography, uh, just kind of, hello, Rebecca. Uh, doing, you know, whatever I could, you know, any gig I could get my hands on. And then one day my camera got stolen. So I'd uh, pretty much be like, okay, now I now I only have a laptop. What do I do now to make money? Uh, so I just started trying to learn everything I could. I started off with like basic websites and stuff, uh, kind of building, you know, kind of Sh Shopify, WordPress, Squarespace, you know, sites for my friends, family, all that stuff. And then eventually I found uh, more like digital marketing, paid ad stuff, uh, started trying out for that as well, uh, realized how competitive and saturated that is right now, and uh, kind of pivoted to back to web design. And one day, I had a client ask me, hey, can you build me like a thing for my clients to log into and like do stuff? And I was like, yeah, I could probably do that. And I didn't realize like how complex that actually was at when I first took the job on. And then I quickly, you know, was like Googling everything, YouTubing everything to figure out how I could do it. And that's when I found software, Airtable, everything together. And I've not looked back since. So I've just kind of, you know, instead of dipping my toe in the water, I just dove in head first, right in the deep end. And I have no regrets so far. Very cool. Cool. So how how long have you been kind of doing the consulting work and how long with Airtable and software? Um, I have pretty much just completed, I guess, my first year now. Uh, started about last yeah, like around this time last year, like last uh, November-ish, so just over a year. And since then, I've helped you know a lot of people like kind of with uh, automation, like mostly client portals is what I've mainly uh, known for most my you know small clientele, small but growing. But yeah, yeah kind of you know client portals, automation stuff like that. That's my bread and butter right now. Gotcha. Very cool. And where where can people find you online? Yeah, they can find me. Um, all my socials are just at Cole Fortman and my website is FortmanDigital.com. And yeah, there we go. Got a little, and uh, actually that, uh, that little video right there is a, another tool that I used called Synthesia or Synthesia. Uh, you can pretty much create a template for videos and then assign like variables. So you can like produce videos like that, like at a large scale for like, if you needed to, you know, depending on your use case. Cool. So is that, is that you? That's not, well, that's not me. Okay. But, you know, I was the like, person. That was before haircut. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, that's completely like AI. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. 
but that maybe could have been you. Cool. All right. Well, why don't we, I know you're, we're uh, running on um, short on time. So I want to jump into what you've got prepared for us. If you want to share your screen, we'll yeah. put it on here. And what Cole is going to share with us is interface related. So using the new interfaces from Airtable, let's put your screen on and then show us what you've got. There you go. All right. So kind of what I wanted to show today was my blog uh, management and stuff, just showing how I can, uh, I kind of was like, you know, cause we all, everyone knows that uh, SEO and all that stuff is important, but I don't really like writing blog content that much. So I wanted to make it as simple and streamlined as possible. So whenever I kind of like have a new idea for a blog article or like doing content research, you know, I can just put it here in this Airtable interface. Well, I have a, so I use Airtable Clipper a lot. That's like my favorite app in Airtable, I think, of all the apps. And I, you know, as I can see, I have a lot of different tables that the Clipper is tied to. So whenever I get a new, uh, whenever I'm doing like keyword research, I can put all the new article information there and then it gets put here in the interface. And then from here, I can pretty much, you know, uh, write a whole article in, under 15 minutes. So as you can see, I have different tools here. So like Jarvis AI, when I click that, it takes me over here. And with this tool, um, I don't know how many people use this, but you can pretty much write content very, very quickly using AI and robots, all that stuff. And so I write the content here, take it back over here. I can put the outline here, article body, got some comments here. But you know, I kind of like comments just as uh, for all the interfaces I build, I kind of always like to have comments just at the bottom, just to make it you know, it ties us all together really and makes it look nice. And uh, for this button to create a thumbnail button, that, that that's actually linked to a webhook that triggers automation in Banner Bear. And here, let me have a video. Can you still see my screen? Yeah. All right. So here's I didn't I am off or I used up my limit for the free Banner Bear plan. So I just had to make a screen recording of like kind of what that workflow looks like. So as you can see, like. Here's kind of the blog is written now, just kind of a you know example blog. And then I hit the create thumbnail button and then kind of wait a few seconds. And then boom, there's a file. And then it should pop up. Should load in a second. Boom, there we go. Awesome. And then that pulls. So I have a one air table that has PNGs of every tool that I use. And that kind of pulls in for the thumbnail in Banner Bear. So you can kind of assign variables to different things and all that. And that way I can preempt, like, cause you know, doing that in Canva, it would take at least like five to 10 minutes per thumbnail. So, uh, I kind of like in a way of, you know, I can, I can pretty much output, like, I think three times more blog posts now using this whole kind of workflow system. Whereas before it was like, oh, okay, what do I, you know, what can I write about today that, you know, isn't going to take forever, you know, like, or like a you know, review kind of like just, uh, I didn't have a system in place for that is what I'm trying to say. And then now. I don't have to worry about it anymore. So it's kind of what I wanted to show off. And did the, um, so one of the cool things about um, what you've got there. Now, one of the drawbacks to interfaces is the buttons can't run scripts or anything, but they can call out to a URL. So that, that create thumbnail, I assume it, it didn't show it, but it opened up a new tab that hit an endpoint. Is that what happens? Yep. Yep, correct. Yeah. And uh, I saw, I'm still learning more about, uh, I used IntegraMap for that. And there's like this, I saw this one guy in, in, in IntegraMap 
he found a way to have it so when you click a new uh like webhook link it actually open like doesn't it opens a new tab but it takes you back to where you just were so i'm trying to figure i'm trying to learn more about that so i don't have to you know get that like oh success or accepted you know message yeah. every time right 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 yeah you, yeah i actually know yeah you'd have to write your own web page that closes itself after it calls it or something but yeah you could you could do something like that mm -hmm. very so, cool yeah is there uh, any questions or any comments or anything like that that or that could show? And now, do you um, once it's written, do you have any automation to post it to? Well, I guess Softer is already automatically pulling it. You're using Softer for your website for your yep. blog, and uh, I have Softer only. Uh, so I have two different views uh, in the table for this. The views are not ready to publish and ready to publish. So when I click ready to publish this will actually get posted to my website. And then that triggers, you know, a tweet from my company page, a tweet from my personal page. And then I think it also triggers like my personal page, retweeting the company, like, you know, LinkedIn, it, it kind of, I have a whole, like, you know, whole thing for that. <laughs> Does but, softer do that? Or you have Integromat doing that? So the nice thing about softer is that like, as soon as I pretty much change this to ready to publish as like, I just have to hit refresh and it's there. Uh, I don't have to like, I don't have to like go into soft or anything. It just, as soon as uh, uh, like a, the record is in the view, it's, it's updated like real time. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, my biggest, uh, I'd say like my, my main stack is Airtable, Softer, uh, Integromat, Zapier, like well, whatever one is useful, I guess. And, you know, like, I guess like everyone likes to use both just so they can avoid uh, the limits for both. <laughs> Somebody says they've been, Rebecca says she's been overworking herself, can automate a lot of things here. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, I, you know, another thing I'm trying to work on right now, because like softer, you know, they have it so like you can make a dynamic page and have all this data there. But as you can see, like the record or the URL is like it ties to a record ID. So that, that's not really great for SEO. So like this is kind of what the, this is like, I guess I call this a temporary blog page. So like this is like the blog that's up, you know, when so there's no content, that's why it's not loading. But uh uh so like you have to create if you want to actually create a softer page that'll have the title in the URL, you would have to actually create a separate page for that right now. So softer is still working on a, more of a native blogging functionality, which I'm waiting for and also excited for because you know, people aren't really searching for articles by the record IDs. Right. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm surprised they don't have that. You think? Yeah, right. Like it's not that hard to make a, a simple URL slug. I feel like yeah, Webflow does it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty standard CMS approach. So, so yeah, I'm surprised they don't have that from the get go. <laughs> yeah. So I hope Very this cool. uh, helps people with their content output. You know, because I yeah. know that when it comes to content, we're all you know some people like it more than others. Yeah. I really see, I mean, this, this, especially with interfaces now, like it, I've always kind of thought that Airtable will replace like backend administrative tools like WordPress is, I hate going into a backend of WordPress because it's so slow and just painful to do anything. 
I think Airtable is going to be the, the, where you do your data and then it automatically gets pushed to another system. I just saw somebody in our community uh, announce a new product that syncs your product data with WooCommerce, which is a WordPress plugin, uh, similar concept where, where they, um, you know, where Airtable is where you interact with your data and then it gets pushed somewhere else that does the display or front end or something like that. So very, very useful uh, use case that I think will make, I think a lot of people will appreciate that. So thank you, Cole, for sharing with us what you've got working on. So we'll, we'll put a, a link to your website in our, in our show notes and um, feel free to jump off whenever you need to for your other appointments. So thanks awesome. for uh, coming it. on with us. Yeah, I'm probably going to, I'm actually going to head out right now, but uh, yeah. uh, I, I'm glad to have met everyone and uh, happy to be featured on the show. Really exciting. Going to tell my mom, she put it on the fridge. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Made the fridge. I like it. All right. Take care, everyone. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye. All right. Cool. Good uh, interface stuff. Let's continue on. Another spotlight for On to Air. We're going to stick with the same theme. We're going to talk a little bit about a different editor. So, On to Air is the primary sponsor for um, Built on Air and the community. And I'm highlighting our Amplify app that's in the marketplace for you to check out. Um, previously, I showed our Markdown editor. This one I want to show our JSON editor. If you're not familiar with JSON, it's kind of a programming language. It's a way to store data. Uh, I really like this. I think there's a lot of people that can benefit from using JSON. Sometimes you have data that doesn't make sense to uh, create new fields for in Airtable. And maybe because it's variable, depending on like a type field. So for one type from a dropdown, you have a different schema of different things and you don't want to create tons of different fields for these different types. JSON is a way where you can kind of extend that. So for example, I have a lead database and maybe you want to store additional information about each lead, but you don't, it's not worth creating its own field for. So you can kind of create this extended info field um, just make it a long text field, no, no rich text formatting. And then you come into here and you add a JSON editor to your Amplify view and then select uh, the field that you're going to use. So I'll get my, yeah, that one extended info. And then this JSON editor allows you to view your data in different ways. You can specify which layouts that you want. I'm going to just leave them all in there. Um, there's some other settings that you can configure and then you hit done and then you'll get this editor that looks like this, that allows you to create a, a object, um, kind of like a document. If you're familiar with database design, this is kind of the no, uh, SQL version of databases like a MongoDB or something like that. You can kind of augment your data. And you can look at it in different ways. So if you want to free form it and you're familiar with what JSON looks like, um, you can do something like this. Sometimes this is faster. What I typically do, what I do for like this podcast, um, we have kind of templates that we copy over into this so that it pre-fills with the fields that you want. And then I use the form view that 
you can then, it will not allow you to modify the key, but you can modify the value. And so then a user can just update this value, just like filling out a mini form per record. So every record can have kind of this extended mini form to add additional information that you could use, especially for scripting or anything like that. Um, so I'm a big fan of this JSON editor. I use it quite a bit in, in the work that we do with Built on Air and our other consulting and, and other projects that we work on. So if you think this is a value, a way to extend your data, check out Amplify in the marketplace and use the JSON editor <clears throat> and let me know what you think of it. All right, moving on, get back. Now I'm going to have Camille answer a question for us. Is this the right question, Camille? Are we still doing this one? Uh, About uh, Google yes. yes, that is. Yes. Okay. All right. I've got yours. Yep. That's it. Okay. Um, so this question is from the previous week on the forums and friend of the show, Scott, who I think is still in um, our chat right now, helped answer this question as well. But essentially what this user is doing is they have a form and what they want is after a form had been submitted, they want it to go to someone on their staff to review and approve it. Um, and then once it's approved, it will appear in a approved uh, view, a view that's filtered just to things that have been approved. So Scott recommends uh, that you use an automation to handle the emailing out once a new record has come in to wh whoever is supposed to review it. Um, and I'm just going to walk through what that solution would look like. So you have a simple form, um, you know, very basic fields. Once someone hits submit, um, it would appear in your base. I've selected a Kanban view because I can drag it into um, whatever status it should be, either rejected, approved, or in process. Um, when you have a form, at the bottom of the form, there will be an option for to send that email to um, you or whoever the creator of the base is. Um, but if you want it to go to someone other than that, um, you could set up a simple automation. So automations, um, not really recently anymore, but they have added a new trigger called when a form is submitted. So you could be hyper specific. In this case, we want when there is a new response to the form view. And this just has a single action for send an email to um, that's that same email address, but you could put in some other email address or a list of email addresses as well. You could do multiple people um, if you separate the emails by comma. Be aware that whatever plan you're on might limit the number of emails you can send to. Um, but you can fill out the message or the subject of the email with information from the record that was submitted from the form. So you would do that by clicking the blue plus button and clicking continue. You could add in information from each of the fields, or if you scroll down, you could insert the, the record as a list or grid. In this case, I did uh, a list and then I added um, the record URL as well. If I click the preview button, you can see what that email would look like. So uh, 
pretty well laid out with the responses to the questions. It retains Airtable's formatting, and then there'll be a link to get straight to that record if you wanted to review it. Um, so that's what the automation component of that would look like. And um, I'm going to very quickly make a filtered grid for approved responses and set that filter where the condition is status is approved. And there's no records right now. But if I go into my Kanban view, you can see that I can drag it into the approved, uh, uh, approved stack if I wanted to approve it. And a fun thing about um, Kanban views, which is you know unique to it as opposed to gallery or um, some of the other views, is that when a record value is um, empty, that field doesn't show up. But once it's filled, it will appear. So before we couldn't see the status or who it was reviewed by, but those have been filled out. Um, and if I go back to my approved responses, you'll see that this record appears because it now matches that filter condition that we had set up. And one last thing, this reviewed by field is an automatic one. I set it up to be a last modified by, and it's looking at the specific field of status. So if I went in and changed what the focus was, it wouldn't um, show my name because it's only looking at status. So if you wanted to know who approved or rejected somebody, as opposed to going in and looking at the record activity, you could have it um, readily available by uh, using that trick. Nice. Very cool. Very, very simple use case that shows, I mean, there's products that do just this, right? That that would mm -hmm. be a full-blown product to go through kind of an approval process. <laughs> yeah. And you can, you can get um, pretty complex, I think, with the automation component of it. Like you could... Um, uh, if you wanted to be really fancy, you could add a script before this send an email action that would, you know, randomize which collaborator in the base it sends the email out to, for instance. Or um, I haven't been able to take a look at conditional automations yet, but you might be able to say, if the response was blank, send it to this person. Or if the response was something else, then send it to this person. So the who gets the email could get... Uh, you know, pretty customized to your particular use case. This was a fairly simple implementation. Yeah. And it looks like you don't have the uh, automations. Yeah, I don't I don't think I get it yet. I wonder, I assume this is a free base. I wonder if they haven't put it, it in. Is, yeah, it is on a free base. Yeah, so maybe they don't have it on free ones yet. Maybe it'll never go to free, I don't know. Cool. Thank you, Camille. Thank you for uh, showing that. And we are going to end our show a little early. We're under a time constraint with uh, Cole, but um, good to see everyone again. And uh, hopefully we've got some good news to share next week. <laughs> it will be interesting. Yep. So yeah, check out uh, Table Talk Thursday at uh, noon or one Eastern somewhere in there. And we'll see what Airtable has to share with us. All right. All right. <laughs> um, we'll see you, everyone. Have a good day. We'll see you next week. And love to see what you've built on air.
you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, ontair.com. And we will see you next time on the Built on Air podcast.